0: And welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Title of my my message tonight would be The Altar of a Storm. The Altar of a Storm. Read our text passage Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. "...sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load." Read that again. "...and the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God, and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down to the lowest parts of the ship, and had lain down and was fast asleep." So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said one to another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose, uh, whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, which means you know, they basically gambled, like kind of draw straws type deal. And the lot fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Please tell us for, wh- for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? It's like a lot of questions immediately. I don't know, Johnny. Like sometimes I just read it and and that's just how I see it. It's it's like, who are you? Why are you here? What are you doing? What country is it? What's your dad's name? And it's just like really overloaded, but they're freaking out. And I guess that's kind of the point here. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Why is our ship sinking? What have you done? Why is this happening to us it's not us why are you sleeping why don't you care you know, on second th- thought there's probably several of them all yelling one question at once that would be less weird right <laughs> right that, yeah instead of like one person just rattling that off because all those questions literally come forward before he says anything and he's like i am a hebrew and i fear the lord the god of heaven who made the sea and the dry land and the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him why have you done this For the men knew he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. And they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And this is a loaded question for Jonah. It's like, you know, what can we do to you that would make it stop? And I would be careful with my answer if I was him. Well, you know, that's a... And so he kind of has to process that work through that. And he says to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. That was probably not the worst answer. You know, that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to return to land, but they could not. For the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. And do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging, and the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. Pretty serious turnaround for them. And it was a weird position for them to be in because they're like, okay, God definitely wants you to be somewhere, and if we throw you overboard, I don't know that he's going to look very kindly on us. So they're kind of, kind of worried about it. Um, and there's, there's so many ways, but like I'm looking around. Most of you like are, are churched and have grown up in church. And uh, you, you would understand and know most of what I would preach. And there's no reason not to if the Holy Ghost you know, leads your heart to, you know, to, to preach that. But I want to look at things in maybe a little bit different way for the next uh, couple minutes. Uh, and preach or teach uh, just on the concept of the altar of a storm. Jonah, they cast into the sea. But first they cast uh, all of their wealth all their cargo everything that they had and owned or you know had access to on that ship see there's a ship um that you know it's a commercial trading vessel you know it's not a ship of war it's not a you know it's not a a cruise ship it is a ship that you know goes back and forth and brings you know goods and people live by that that's a huge deal um if the ship goes down uh then you know it's kind of all over anyway so it doesn't really matter but to lose your cargo that's a big problem because this is their livelihood this is their life you know the, the if they throw that overboard, you know, they're going to have debts that have mounted. They're going to be in huge trouble. All the work and all the risk and everything that they have built up to this point is all for nothing because they've thrown that cargo over. So you don't lightly throw something like that overboard. You don't just say, Ah, yeah, who cares, you know, just toss that over and hopefully that helps. That's a big deal for you to relinquish you know, everything that you have and own, right? What would you sacrifice on the altar of a storm if you thought it would end it? What would you sacrifice on the altar of a storm if you thought that it would end your storm? I'm not talking about uh, now I'm, I'm the, like, you know, I'm not talking about um, you know, any kind of a, of a suicidal spirit or attitude. I'm talking about you know, throwing out you know things that that matter or things that you used to matter just just so that the that storm will end. What lengths would you go to in order to see your pain and your suffering um you know ceased? There's a uh, there's a podcast that uh, I haven't really listened to it a lot. I've got a lot of podcasts that you know I constantly am listening to. You know, my earbuds to the uh, to the eternal chagrin. There's your word for the night of my wife. Um, you know, because I'll be running around with these 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 little headphones in my ears, and sometimes she won't even see them until she's halfway through a very important sentence, and uh, and then she and then she'll just stamp her little foot and just oh, And how many? You know, Amen. <laughs> hey and what what are, what are your famous words that I usually miss? What do you say every time that I don't hear you because I've got, I hate those things. <laughs> every time. It like, and you bought them for me. Be careful. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, I've got these little, these little um, you know, ear deals that, that I can, and I'm just constantly listening to all, you know, my podcast or my Bible or sermons or or sometimes music, not as much as you'd think, but, you know, I love my podcast. So there's one, like, called Survival, you know, and it's all the craziest stories about, you know, the links that people will go to, um, some of which I wouldn't even share. You know, there's some of the craziest stuff that happens. One guy particularly um, that I wanted to um, make mention of is Aaron Lee Ralston, who was a uh, canyoneering, which is a thing, where you're up and you're climbing in, you know, like the Grand Canyon or something like that is another word for you. Um, But he was, uh, he got his arm crushed by a rock, an 800-pound rock, and was stuck there. (laughs) My mom and my wife are both saying, don't you do this, don't you do this to us. (laughs) But yeah, we're going to do it. Um, So he's stuck uh, with his arm, you know, in there, and it's not going anywhere. doesn't have any cell phone, doesn't have any way to call out to anyone. He waits for hours and hours and hours. And yes, eventually it's you know it's life or death and all he has is quite literally a rusty pocket knife mhm through the bone yeah right ooh but he survived isn't that crazy what do you think you would be able to do that I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe. And, and, and Emily, I guarantee you what she's doing over there is explaining to the three people around her that you wouldn't feel it quite as much uh, because of, like, uh, you know, the, the, the crushing uh, effect as much because, you know, it, was, it had been. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and you couldn't feel it quite as much because, you know, it, was, it had been crushed and he would lost all feeling into it. So it wasn't as bad as it might have been. He still cut his arm off. And then he survived. You know, what would you do to survive in a situation like that? Would you be able to? Some of you guys have been through some things that are every bit you know, that, that intense. It's pretty crazy. Um, what, this, this one is kind of more cerebral. Um, this guy um, was sailing in the Atlantic Ocean, and uh, a shark busted a hole in his boat. You know, he's like in a little, you know, small sailboat, so he busted a hole, and so he put the raft out, and then as the boat was going, because in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, um, he, he had to decide. He knew he was going to die unless he dove to the boat past the shark um, to get his supplies. And so he actually managed to survive. He was out on the, on the ocean, you know, in terrible shape for 67 days before they found him. But they did find him, and somehow, some, miraculously, he survived. What would you do to survive in an extreme situation? What would you throw overboard uh, to survive a storm? And I guess the second question is: how, how often do we expunge everything in our lives but the true source of the contention? How often do we let so many things go by the wayside, and we throw so many things out, and we 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 we, we, we stop focusing, we let them suffer whenever we ignore the real source of the problems in our own lives. A lot of times, it's sin. Now, I wanna make a clear distinction here. Not all storms are of our own making, right? Not, not everything that you walk through, and that's so important because the devil has been working on a couple of you guys, uh, acting like you know it's your fault that you're suffering, that you go through what you go through, that this storm is of your making, that you just need to beat yourself up, and that's the last thing you need to do right now. You need to be encouraged because the storm will end, and the Lord will bring you through. It's not of your own making. It's the enemy trying to destroy you and derail you from what God has for your life, and he's a big liar, and we hate him, and it's not true. Amen? So let me declare that over you. Not every storm is of our making. Sometimes it's the enemy trying to hold us back, but he cannot. So... Hold fast to what you got a hold of, Amen. Having said that, now not seriously, not not all storms of our own making. Um, and biblically, you want Bible? I'll give you a Bible. Uh, I was thinking of a couple different uh, situations. Um, when the storm arose against the disciples, it wasn't because their passenger was running from God; it literally was God. Right? It's Jesus. It's, it's God in the flesh. So it's, that's not, it, it, clearly, you know, it wasn't God. You know, the storm was not of God's making trying to sink you know, that ship. It, he was in it. And He's in the storm with you. You need to understand that God's not trying to sink this thing, He's not working against Himself. You know, a house divided against itself cannot stand. The enemy knows that, and so does God. God is for you. And if He's in you, then the storm has not been dispatched to sink you. I promise you this. You, need to, you just need to hold on to that. That first one, I was thinking, you know, Jesus is, he's sleeping, he's laying in the middle of the boat, and I think that, you know, there's probably a lot of, you know, typologies and different stuff I could get into there, but he is sleeping in the boat, and then he awakens and rebukes the storm. So we know that every storm the believer encounters isn't just because they're doing wrong. In some cases, one might argue that it is because they're doing right. Sometimes you know, the, the resistance that you run into, sometimes the fighting, the spiritual warfare that, that the Word of God teaches is about is, being, is, is coming against us because you're doing the right thing, because you are in the right place, because you are working the right job, because you are you know, pursuing the right thing with your time, because you're being faithful, you are you know, the, the frustration that you might feel, and these things, the enemy is going to fight. Two different times we know of the storms were in direct opposition to Christ, and we rebuked them and defeated them. So, you need to understand that your storm, not necessarily of your own making, not because you're running from God or doing wrong or God's mad at you. He's with you. Amen. We know that the Apostle Paul was heading toward his calling uh, when a great tempest called Eurocladon came against him. Yeah, right? You reading that one? When'd you read that? Yeah, that's it. When'd you read that? All over the place. Man, He's getting in that word. Eurocladon. Did you know how to say it until I started? what? All right. Amen. Continuing on. I like the fact that you are in that word, though. It's, Amen. It, and that was, that was a storm that comes against Paul. It comes against him. So you need to understand that not, you know, obviously and he's on en route to, to do what God's called him to do. Not every storm is dispatched by God, but there are situations, let's preach a little, let's, let's preach a little close here, uh, where we do um, cause storms to come into our own life because of sin because of misguided misdirection doing things having things you know in in our own lives in our own hearts that cause us to go into stormy waters and god will send a storm if he needs you to get you back on course. if he and that's the whole point he was headed in the wrong direction if he hadn't been headed in the wrong direction there wouldn't be a storm to talk about but he was and there are times whenever god will use whatever he's got to to get a hold of us to get our attention when we forsake fellowship with God, we bring heartache to those around us. I thought about those poor sailors, right? You know, whenever you, um, and, I, and I always say this, this is, a, this is a very maybe overstated thing for me, but whenever a kingdom man or a kingdom woman is out of sync with their calling, even unbelievers know it. Whenever you're not who you're called to be, even, even those who don't even know anything else, they, even they can sense that. Even they can see that. Sin will sink your ship. Come on, somebody. It will. Sin will, whenever we have things buried deep, you know, in, you know that, are, that are, you know, sometimes even sleeping. Sometimes, you know, it, it's, you know we're not even, it's not something that we're acting on or doing, but you're carrying that thing deep inside you. And even though it's not making a big fuss or, you know, you know that it's there, it will still poison your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. Sin, uh, you know, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Amen? Sin will sink your ship. Now, I'd like to quickly look at this journey from the uh, other, from another perspective. Like I said, you guys know, um, you know the story. How many of you have never heard about Jonah before? All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that we we're able to preach this and the story, you know, for, for some people tonight, um, it's, a, it's a powerful story. But instead of like the main, main course of study, I kind of want to give you a different perspective and the one that I felt that God um, kind of laid on my heart um, for us tonight. So Jess, you can play. If you would, I'd appreciate it. I'd like to give you a little bit of the perspective of the sailors and, uh, and what uh, you, we might hear them say or what they uh, took away from this story. First of all, just put yourself in, there, in the situation. Number one, they just had a near-death experience, which is always a big deal, right? A near-death experience, like, ah, you know, and the, the two things, you know, that I always say anytime I'm talking about storms, batten down the hatches, Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the, one of the two things that I know about, uh, you know, about, you know, and I, the other one's, like, weird, so I don't say it, but, uh, yeah, yeah, so you know what it is, so. They are freaking out because the storm has come, and and you know they barely survived. They had to throw all their livelihood. They're like, throw all your stuff. And he's like, uh, And he tries to hide his stuff. No, throw it all. We gotta throw. We gotta get rid of everything that we own. Every you know, your my clothes. Yeah, everything. Like my stuff. The whole everything over the overboard. You know, hopefully we can live. Otherwise we're gonna die. So some of them are kind of reticent. They don't want to do it, but they also don't want to die. And now he's like, sleeper. Why are you sleeping? You. Know, everybody's freaking out and then after you after the storm finally you know and it's a very serious deal they did not want to kill this guy either like these are not pirates they're just people like you and me you know so it takes a lot to just pick somebody up you know who's non not resisting and throw him overboard to certain death so that's like pretty emotionally charging right huge deal it's got one of those you know, cinematic situations where you got you know, the, the weight is going to pull the whole boat down, and then you got to cut the cord. And, you know, somebody—it's a, a terrible, what, what an emotionally, just ghastly thing this is that they had to do. And so afterwards, you know, all and then the storm disappears miraculously; it just goes away, and they're all just like, "What just happened? That was insane. That was crazy." And it was all that guy. He really did know God. I was kind of iffy at first. Felt really bad about throwing him over. Because I was like, there's no way that this is real, that this is the purpose, you know, that this is going to fix anything. And But we threw him over and it happened. Wow. And I looks at the other guy, yeah, man, unbelievable. unbelievable. That guy, what a jerk. Knowing that he, how, I can't believe he put us in that kind of situation. Yeah, we almost died, man. That's crazy. Um just kind of talking back and forth, you know, just kind of still wide-eyed because of what they've just experienced. What does this other guy say? He's like, dude, throw me over. Why? I'm ruined. I was supposed to make money on this trip. I owe a lot of people money. I had to borrow money for the cargo. It makes me want to jump over too. It's that bad. Is it that bad? Oh, dude, I was supposed to, I was supposed, I was supposed to get married. You know, and now I'm not going to make any money on this trip. Now I'm not going to be able to pay for the wedding and the cupcakes and all this stuff. I'm so dead. I'm so dead. I'm just in so much trouble. What am I going to do? This guy. Dude, what, that was all I had. That was everything that I owned. That was everything that I had. You know? And then there's always the optimist. Yeah? Well, at least we're alive. We know that, but we're really upset because all that, like, man, should have tied an anchor to that guy just to make sure. You believe that? You believe he can put us in this kind of situation? I can't believe that. And then the one dude, the guy who's actually intelligent, it's over here. He's like, yeah, I wish we hadn't thrown the cargo over. Like, yeah. I made, t- Yeah, right? Because <laughs> it wasn't about the cargo. Like, we should have just thought it through and then just, like, not thrown all our stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, we, yeah, we wanted to survive the storm, but we lost all our stuff and we didn't even need to. Now, number one, if you're here tonight on the sound of my voice and you're carrying sin in your life, bitterness, hatred, pride, whatever it is, it will take you to the bottom if you don't get rid of it and get delivered from it in the name of Jesus. But specifically, some of you need to hear this. Don't throw your marriage overboard because you're in a storm. throw your testimony overboard because you're going through a storm. Don't throw your faith in God's goodness overboard because you are in the middle of a storm. Don't throw your faith in God's process overboard to lighten your load in the middle of a storm. That won't help. You're in this storm until you get through it. By the grace of God, no matter what, stop giving up things that God gave to you because you're going through a storm. The things you throw away in a storm, some of them you may get back and some may be irreplaceable may never get back some of the things that you sacrifice because you're having a bad day or because you're having a bad month or because you're in a season of loss, you're in a season of heartache, no matter what it is. Don't throw those things overboard to lighten the load because it's not that. And honestly, that's what God gave me tonight. Don't sacrifice important things on the altar of a storm. Don't do it. Hold fast to the promises of God in your life. Hold fast to your faith in His goodness, His resurrection power, His faithfulness, His total faithfulness. He who has begun a good work is faithful also to finish that work. You need to understand, hold on. Hold on to God hold on to the truth don't 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 let this the, the the enemy affect all the good things in your life don't let him affect your relationship don't let him affect your you know, bringing in you know, some kind of nonsense or problem the stuff that you're working through it's so easy uh, you know to, to deflect and to, to take our, our our anger our frustration out on things that have nothing to do with the spiritual fight and battle that we are in it's very easy and I don't say that in a condescending way I get it because it's all of us like it's easy to, to To foist off that pain onto something that we actually can lash out at. Don't do it. Don't sacrifice your peace. Don't sacrifice your promises because you're going through, because that's how it works. Immediately, whenever we get into a, a real bad storm, we start to throw things overboard that have no business being thrown overboard. What I am saying is sinking deep down into some hearts and souls tonight. Praise God for it. Hold tight to your promises. Hold tight to the truth of who God is. Hold tight to the ministry that He gave you. Amen? The ministry that He gave you. Hang on to it. It's so easy. It really is. And I get it. It's so easy whenever we walk through hard things and we're just we're we're just trying to survive. And so, you know what? Maybe you know maybe maybe it's not worth it. Maybe I'm going to give up that ministry. Maybe I'm going to give up that opportunity. You know, I just I'm frustrated all the time. You know, I'm I'll give up just with this thing and just I'm going to get rid of it and maybe that'll cause the storm to stop. You know, maybe maybe I'll just I'll give up and I'll quit these things and I'll just throw all those good things in my life away because of this storm. But you know what? They didn't stop the storm. It didn't help. It just left a bunch of very frustrated people afterwards saying, man, I wish I'd held on to that anointing. Man, I wish I'd hung on to that promise. Man, I wish I hadn't given up all those good things in my boat because I thought it would help because it didn't even help. Hold fast. You're coming through this because the promise that you have is the exact opposite one. They had something in their boat that would sink it I had to get rid of. You've got something in your boat that nothing can sink. No one, no storm. As long as Jesus is in your boat, the boat ain't going down. As long as he is with you, who can be against you? There is no version of that story. It's kind of like this. Have you ever seen like a trilogy of, of movies and then like at the very end, like the hero that you know good and well is in the next book? is like in the ship. You're like, well, no matter how bad things get, I know he makes it to the next chapter, right? I I know that he's at the end of the next book too. So I don't have that lack of confidence because I know that he's going to make it. I know that that, that he is going to make it. I know that he doesn't lose. And I know that his promises are yay and amen. So what do I have to fear? I know that no matter what, how big the waves get, no matter what, Jesus is not going down in my ship. Amen. Ooh, man, I, I feel like I'm going to hit this, I'm going to drive this home and over-preach it, Brother Steve, but you know, just. Is someone here on the sound of my voice tempted to throw Jesus out of the ship because you think it'll make the storm stop? I don't think so, but my God, my God, what if. What if we did? The one thing that could guarantee we'd stay afloat. Mm -mm -mm. Not me. No matter what. I'm going to hold fast not only to Jesus but to all the promises, all the things, all the cargo, all the ministry, all the things that He put in my life. I'm going to hold fast. I'm not going to sacrifice them on the altar of a temporary storm. Amen.